Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. When I first came to Maui, um, the uh, it's to, to sort of have a permanent place here. I still have a permanent place in Florida as well. But um, I was going to be sort of a semi-permanent resident here in Maui. And um, I got to know uh, very, very close and very personal my friend Ram Das, um, which you've heard me speak about and, uh, you know, the one who wrote uh, Absolutely. Uh, Be Here Now. And uh, he's appeared at many of my seminars and someone I've admired very, very much and uh, I've sort of followed in his uh, his lead and, and how to how to speak to audiences and how to be authentic and how to use humor and 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 how to just stay stay grounded how to stay humble not to um, make yourself any better than anyone else and i learned many 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 things from from ramdas and when i came to maui he uh, had moved here so i made arrangements to go out there and i had i had actually followed him around a lot uh, in the uh, in the 70s and 80s and whenever he would speak i would always go i just thought he was such a phenomenal speaker and um, I'd be sitting in the front row, and we got to know each other, especially with some of my books being published. But we were sort of going in, uh, different, in different groupings. I mean, he was much more in the spiritual area. I was more in the psych- psychology area back in the 70s and 80s. And then I sort of caught up um, and started moving in the spiritual direction as well. And I went out to his uh, where he was living um, in um, on the island of Maui in, on a place called Haiku. And I went to his uh, home, and he had what's called a puja table, and, I, and it's like a sacred space. And, and on this table or on this space, uh, you place all of the things that you um, are grateful for, all of the things that you love, uh, all the things that are very special meaning for you. And it, it was a practice that I adopted in my own home, and I have a dining room in my in my uh, in my condominium where I live, uh, which is uh, we don't eat in there, and um, it's. Every verse of the Tao Te Ching is on the wall in there, and a Starry Starry Night from Van Gogh is in there. Pictures of uh, oh, just various saints uh, from uh, uh, Sai Baba to Mother Mira. Uh, crystals. I have just things that I've accumulated. Uh, photographs of, of my children. Um, just, just, just. It's a very, very special place. It has very high energy. I have plants that are in there that grow. Like like I've never seen plants grow. They, they they're the green they're, they're the greenest green you've ever seen, and they extend towards these, uh, you know, all of these crystals and so on that are in there. And it's just it's just a very special place. And I go in there every day, and I usually spend a couple of minutes in there. Sometimes I, uh, when I'm alone, I I go in there 15 20 minutes. I will meditate in this sacred space. Something I've always recommended people do take, even if it's just a corner of your of your room. If you live in a one room studio. Find a place, you know, and make a place that has its its own sacred meaning to you, and place in there, uh, you know, these divine uh, objects, or whatever they might be. It doesn't make any difference what they are. So I learned that from Ramdas, and I was at his home, and I was looking, at, and he had a picture of his guru Neem Karoli Baba, and uh, some of the things that he had had been given to him, but had been manifested for him by him, and uh, different crystal of formulations and some music things and so on. It was all on this beautiful table. And they are right in the middle of it. Now, this was at the time when we were just going to war in Iraq, and I knew how um, opposed to this war um, uh, Ramdas was. Uh, and there, right in the middle of this puja table, was a picture of George W. Bush. 
Uh, and, and I asked him about that. (laughs) No, you wouldn't expect that at all because I knew that he was not, he was not a fan of this man. He was not a fan of the war. He was not a fan of going in there, uh, and doing the things we did, particularly, I don't have to go into all the reasons why we never should have gone in there, but we did. Um, but, uh, so I asked him, I said, what is, what is this picture of George Bush uh, doing in there? And he said that, um, he had uh, learned this from his uh, guru in India back in the 70s um, um, when he had been told that his mission, um, as Ram, when he took the name Ramdas, uh, was to love everybody, to feed everybody and to love everybody, to love everybody. And he said, make no exceptions, to love everyone. And he said at that time, his guru had told him to place on his puja table a picture of Casper Weinberger. Now, I don't know if you remember Casper Weinberger. Do you remember who sure. Was was he the Secretary of Defense at one time? Exactly. Exactly. You're so oh, smart. Very man. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get a prize for that. <laughs> so anyway, Casper Weinberger was the one that was sending all the troops over there to Vietnam, and uh, my brother was one of them that was over there, was almost killed, um, received the, um, the uh, uh, bronze medal for, for valor over there while he was there, but uh, saw an awful lot of death and destruction, and that's when... Some 57,000 uh, American troops were killed over there um, in, uh, and we're going over there and fighting this war in this faraway place and we were dropping napalm on villages and, and again it was, uh, you know, he was very, very much opposed to this and the person that he just hated the most in his heart was the, the person who represented um, this hatred, um, uh, which was Casper Weinberger who was on the news every day talking about how we have to send more troops and more troops and more troops and and we couldn't come up with a peaceful way to resolve it. So Casper Weinberger was on his puja table then. George W. Bush was on his puja table at his home. And um, this week, I took out a picture of um, Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> and I cut it, uh, cut it was out in the newspaper. And I placed it into my uh, puja table, into my spiritual uh, center, um, right in the middle of it. Now... Um, this past week or so, uh, Rush Limbaugh has come out, and I don't know if you've been following this, Diane, oh, you yeah. probably have, but I mean, the, <laughs> he called a woman who was just uh, a, a college student at, George, at uh, Georgetown University who was just asking for them to consider, you know, that uh, contraceptives uh, pills are, are medicine, and they were covered by uh, insurance, and the university has decided not to cover them, and uh, and. And, you know, I think it's one thing to, when you have a different point of view from somebody else, to express your point of view, but to take on uh, the, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the strategy or the, the, the way of, of being to be uh, critical of that person and to call them a slut and to call them a prostitute and to, to, to get into that. And so what happened is, um, as uh, Rush Limbaugh did this on his radio show and just went off uh, on, on this young woman, she, who was a very respectable young woman, who was just trying to make a case for, um, you know, n- something like 98% of the people in this country practice a contraceptive of one kind or another, and that it's a medical, pr- it's a, you have to get a prescription for it, and it's a medical thing, and and we shouldn't be withdrawing that, and so on. And this, there's, there's two sides to this, and of course there can be sides for anything, but you don't call people sluts and prostitutes. Um, because they're up there appealing to Congress, and the President Obama called this woman, and and so on, and it became this huge, uh, this huge issue. Uh, and for me, um, I, I I just have such internal anger and disdain for 
for that kind of behavior that of, that Rush Limbaugh did on, on on the radio. You know, just calling people these these horrible names. Oh, he's so, horrible. Yeah. So I. Um, but that's the whole. <laughs> that's point. my opinion. Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. And and I'm story. I feel that as well. But what I'm what I have done is I have um, I've got I've. I'm, I'm writing about divine love, and I'm never going to get to a place of divine love in my life until I'm able to do what Ram Dass's guru told him to do and what Ram Dass was trying to help me to do, which is to love everybody, to love everybody. And so there's a, you know, uh, Peter Dunov has this um, this uh, little exercise to do, which is um, one of just imagining all of humanity Um you know, all seven or six or seven billion of us on the planet, and just to uh, reduce all of humanity down into one being, you know, so we just make it smaller and smaller and smaller, until we, and that being stands right next to us. And we look at this being, which represents all of humanity, and, um, and, we, and we turn it into like a little boy, and we just hold that little boy's hand. And by just, he said, just by doing this, and just by sending love to this, to this little boy who is a symbol of all of humanity, just the little microscopic dots of uh, uh, or microscopic particles of, of love will go out and we might be able to make some kind of a difference. So my challenge today is to be able to take people like Rush Limbaugh and so many other people, especially in this political season, um, who are saying things that I have, I found it, I find anathema and I find, you know, just like you said, horrible, uh, and to be able to send love to them and to have only love in my heart. And I think if enough of us can do that, then we won't have to have people out there using the radio waves to say such, um, such, such kind of uh, disrespectful things, uh, and to engage in, uh, this kind of, uh, petty, uh, ways of, dis of, uh, discussing our differences. Anyway, well, that's so a, Rush a Limbaugh, great exercise. Rush Limbaugh, yeah, Rush Limbaugh <laughs> is in my. Uh, what about Rick my, Santorum? Would you put him in there? And Rick, yeah, Rick could go in there too. <laughs> you, I know you could go on, right? There's just so <laughs> yeah, many. Yeah, I know there's a lot of them that could, but uh, just but but it's not about my political views, mm -hmm. and it's not about uh, whether I'm right or whether somebody else is wrong. It's it's about being in a state of divine love, and divine love is a love that never changes and never varies. It's the kind of love that God has for us. Um, you know, and I want to think and live like God loves. So I'm uh, wrapping Rush Limbaugh with love and perhaps hoping that uh, maybe if enough of us do that, perhaps he can mellow down a little bit himself and uh, and we can have an intelligent discourse on uh, the kinds of uh, things that uh, that divide us and maybe come to a place where we can compromise and, and maybe start getting something done in our world instead of uh, having so much hate and, mm, uh, and well division. Said. I had a, a similar anyway. thing happen with uh, a friend of mine on, on Facebook, an old high school friend, and she was a fan of Michael Vick, and we had a little back and forth about that, and, mm -hmm. and she said, well, you know, he, you must try to forgive, and, and mm -hmm. I had a hard time with that. I said, well, you, yeah. you're right, but yeah, it's hard. So I had a couple mm -hmm. of days of thinking that over because to me, you know, similar what happened with mm -hmm. Michael Vick was uh, horrible, just so shocking yeah. and, and to someone who loves animals. You know, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good. Uh... I did that. I remember the Michael Vick uh, mm -hmm. case very well. And I, I was able, that was not as hard for me because I understood where Michael Vick came from. He grew up in Mississippi. Um, he was he was immersed in a culture in which uh, these kinds of um, these kinds of things just took place, you know, with the, with dogs and, and so on. 
Um, and so he, you know, he had been exposed to that from the time that he was a child. And for him, it was something that was just normal to do, even though, you know, we are outraged by that. Um, and you could, un you could understand why, uh, you know, perhaps that he would have just been lured into that kind of, of, of activity. Um, but a, a Rush Limbaugh, um, Right. I mean, what he, just he ought said to know better. just ought to know better. Outrageous. And the interesting thing about it is that the sponsors began to withdraw from his radio show. Four of the, of the sponsors just started pulling back. And when the four sponsors pulled back, he then made an apology uh, and then put a public apology out on his Twitter or Twitter or whatever that is that they that they do. So that the whole thing was run by the bottom line. You know, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll apologize now because... Uh, so it's all, all the it's more hateful kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I still got to figure out a way to love him. I got to figure out a way to love him. And, uh, it's a great exercise. Yeah, Maybe the listeners to, could to... put whatever mm. person they feel that way into that frame and think about that for, yeah. for the day. He's just, doing, he's just doing what he knows how to do. And, and so much of what gets done in our society in the name of politics and so on is is is, uh, is really done in, in the name of uh, <clears throat> the bottom line you know if, if, if we can make money off of it uh, uh, so when that gets affected you know people have a tendency to change we've got to get beyond get past all of that way of thinking mm, that's just my thoughts my thoughts for today very um, good that's one of my wishes to be fulfilled okay well, we still have yeah. some time to grab some calls. Yeah, let's let's do for that. our segment here. So sure. let's uh, let's start with Annette. We'll go to Seattle, Washington, on line one. And Annette, welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Dyer. Thank you so much. Hi, Dr. Dyer. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. How are Hi. you? Hi. Great. Thank you. I wanted to know if you could just give me some input. Um, I have read your books and I follow you. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I know that you're separated, and I'm going through a separation, and in staying positive, and um, have two children, and I'm just really coming from a place of love, and compassion, and integrity. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know if you could give me some insight. Well, I think what I was just talking about there. I mean, if you're, if I can love Rush, Rush Limbaugh, you can certainly love somebody you're separated from. Me. I mean, that's I that's do. The biggest that's the biggest challenge of my life. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, you know, everybody is doing exactly what they know how to do, just given the conditions of their life. They're just doing what they know how to do. So your separation, uh, do you have, like, bitterness and anger towards your uh, your husband, uh, your no. ex-husband? No. No? No. Uh, yeah, so it's like, say, you know, and your best way to do this, of course, is to remember you're not separating from your children, you're not divorcing your children. Um, and to also just accept it as, uh, you know, it's like, you know, Shakespeare said the whole, the whole, all of life is a play and we're all, you know, and, and so a play has many characters and it has many different acts. And some, some people come into the, to the play for the first act and then they leave and some come for the, the whole play and some leave in the middle and then they, they, they leave for a while and then they come back at the last act. Uh, and if you can kind of look at it that way, it's like, um, you know, this separation can be just a, a joyful time for you, a time for you to really examine who you are, um, who, who you are as a, perhaps you've allowed yourself to be too much manipulated and controlled by, uh, by somebody else and you have never really had a chance to 
practice being independent and, and think for yourself without perhaps having to care for somebody else or to make sure that you didn't offend somebody else or you maybe were upset with this other person a lot and now you don't have to do that. There are so many advantages at this point and it doesn't necessarily mean it's it's terminal. I mean, he might, you may show back up in the, at the last act of your life and have the best time of your life. You don't know. Um, but in, in this moment, you know, you can just send him as much love as you possibly can, do it for your children on a continuous basis, and stop uh, evaluating where you are on the basis of uh, the way you think things ought to be. I mean, the whole world out there says that a separation and a divorce somehow represents a failure. But if that were the case, then that would be about 55%, well more than half of the of the people who are married uh, uh, are separated or, 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 or end up being divorced. So we're not half of us are not failures. We're not, we're, this, this is just a, a normal part of, of life. Do you handle this kind of thing that comes along from a perspective of this, there's a reason for this. This is something divine going on here. I'm going to, I'm going to go through, you know, all of these steps without being in a state of anger and remorse and hate. And I'm going to, whoever comes into my life, uh, I'm going to see it as, you know, one door closes and, and another door is opening and, and, and allow this to be a, a door opening, a door opening to a higher place of consciousness for you, uh, a door opening to a, a higher place of, uh, of awareness for, for your husband and an opportunity for your children to get to see how you function as a, uh, as a mature, solid, uh, spiritual woman rather than someone who uh, might have been too intimidated or might have been in the wrong place. Let's see what's going on with our callers here and go to Denise in Vancouver on line three. And thanks for holding, Denise. You're on with Dr. Dyer. Thanks, Diane. Hi, Dr. Dyer. Hi. It's pretty amazing. How are you? I, I'm I'm really nervous. You're nervous? I am. <laughs> It's like talking to the Pope sometimes, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a few people in my life who would disagree with that one. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to your program this evening. Um, I oh, yeah. Heard about You're in it, Vancouver. I, I think you get it, it from, you get it from Seattle. Is that where you get PBS up there? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you'll love the show. What, what time is it on there tonight, do you know? I don't know. I have to look that up. Yeah. It's either seven or eight o'clock. It's going to be in prime okay. time. So, very excited That's about great. the show. Very, very happy about it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, and it raises so a lot a of mo- money for a really good cause, public television. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, um, uh, long story short, I wanted to ask you uh, if you have any inspiration for me. Um, I a couple uh, months ago, I was listening to the CBC, and I heard this woman talking about her. Life, and it turned out that she was an Asperger's syndrome person, and it mm-hmm. was like she was talking about me. Really? Yes. So, um, excuse me. That's okay. I have had re- relationship problems my entire life. Mm-hmm. I I just don't seem. I I have been listening to the Hay House for the last two years. I am reading books, and, and I know things theoretically and intellectually, but I just don't feel them. Mm. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you something, my dear. What is your first name? Denise. Denise. Um, I, I know what you're talking about, and I've, I've been down that road myself. Um, 
you know, many, many times. Um, and what I've learned, especially in the last uh, last few years, um, especially since I started writing uh, Wishes Fulfilled, um, is I, I've been studying something called the I Am Discourses, uh, the teachings of Saint Germain. Um, and what I have learned, and I said, I don't know, I don't know how to convey this to you, um, you know, from me to you, other than through words. I, I wish I could put my arms around you and just have it just go from my heart to yours. But basically, it is that that you have a presence within you, and this presence that is within you is what your life is. Your life is not this body that you're in. It's not the accomplishments that you have. It's not the stuff that you own. You know, that what makes you alive, what makes you uh, who you are, what the life that is Denise is really this I is this is this I am presence within you. And that is God. And that is that is got to become your number one relationship, your relationship to the presence that is omnipresent within you at all times, which allows you to pick up the phone and, and call this number today, which allows you to open your eyes and look out, which allows you to process everything that I'm saying, which allows the planets to stay in alignment and the flowers to open. That is who you are. And you carry that along with you. And every time that you are thinking thoughts like you are thinking with this Asperger syndrome and, and, th and, and thinking about how sad things are and how things aren't working out, what you're doing is you're denying this I am presence within yourself, this, uh, this perfect love, which is what you came from, which is what you will return to. And if you can make that your number one priority, ahead of your ego, ahead of your family, ahead of what, uh, what, what you uh, see out there as not working, and just go within and continuously be in a state of gratitude for the magnificence of who you are, and <clears throat> you will find all of these other symptoms just dissolve and disappear. Just, I mean, if you just try to even, Denise, just contemplate for a moment what it, you know, what a miracle it is that you are, you know, that you, here you are, this this thing that is uh, occupied so many bodies. I don't know, you, how old are you? In your forties? Um, sure. Fifties, forties, fifties, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you, but who you are? You've been in so many bodies already. You were in a little girl's body, in a teenage body, in a twenty-year-old body, and. And the bodies just disappear. They just keep dissolving. They just keep going away. There's none of those bodies are left. Not even one cell is left of any of those bodies. And yet you're still here, who you are, because who you are is infinite. And it's that infinite I am presence within yourself that you have to pay homage to, that you have to celebrate, that you have to trust, that is, is, is absolute perfect. You have come to evaluate your own life and who you are on the basis of the outer what your senses tell you, what your, what your community tells you, what your church tells you, what the world tells you, instead of inside of you is that that's who you are. And that who you are-ness, if you start living from that I am presence and know that you are God and you carry this, this godliness around with you wherever you go, you align with the universal source, which is the, 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 the God that we all come from. We're all just individualized expressions of this one great... Uh, God consciousness and you align with that and then these things that you have problem in the Course in Miracles that says you don't have any problems though you think you do because all of our problems are not problems they're only just the way that we think and you change that around and just start treasuring 
your magnificence. Just do it no matter where you go. Um, you will align with something. And then when you go to bed at night, uh, I have a chapter in my new book called uh, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. And it's like the last five minutes of the day before you go off into sleep and you are about to enter into your subconscious mind and program it, which you've programmed it to believe in so many of these symptoms and things that you have. If you start programming it to believe that, uh, you know, that you can attract and, and have anything that you want in your life, your relationships can be divine. And whether it's with a man or a woman, whether your children or your grandchildren or whomever it might be, that if your relationship to to this inner divine self, this God, the God within you, is one of of gratitude, I'm telling you, everything will change. That's the best advice that I can give you. The best advice. Yeah. Well, I've heard a lot of authors talk about um, meditation, which mm. I find really difficult, and I think that that may be the key. Yeah. Well, there's a new meditation out. It's called the I Am Wishes Fulfilled Meditation. It's based on the Moses Code. It's the sound. Um, the, it's the very sounds that are replicated from the sounds from the ancient Hebrew when, uh, you know, 1,300 years before the birth of Christ, you know, Moses was speaking to God and was told, uh, my name is I Am that I Am. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.